What a great way to start the new season of the Dudes Being Dudes podcast. Evan Budgevich here with Adam Wise, the newest assistant coach on the staff. And Adam, you were a Camel player. You spent multiple years here. You're back as a coach. Now a few months into your stint as an assistant coach with this team. What was that conversation like with Justin Hare when he asked you to come back and, and join the Camels again? I remember it like it was uh, pretty much yesterday. Uh, I was I was back home working over the summer. And um, I, I kind of didn't know what I was going to do um, when I was at Louisiana um, with COVID and, and kind of what their restrictions were going to be and how everything was going to kind of fall into place. And um, they ended up like not being able to offer me the same, the same type of deal because of COVID. Um, and, and I got a call from, from coach Hare and, the initial, the initial call was kind of more of like a, Hey man, like, would you be interested in this? Like, and, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, like a hundred percent, that's something that, that I'd be interested in. Uh, I'd love to get back to, uh, uh, back to Campbell, back to, back to my roots, a place that I was familiar with and, and, and to be around some, some people that I knew. Um, and then, uh, after that, I, I was just kind of, um, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, just, just thinking about the, the potential opportunity. Uh, obviously nothing was set in stone or anything like that, but just the thought of being able to come back to Campbell was, was super exciting. So it was just kind of like a, the first, the first call was kind of like a, Hey, is this something that you'd be interested in? And you, you kind of know how that goes. Like when something like that happens, your, your thoughts get flowing and, and it's, it was easy to get excited to, to think about. So I'm always curious because your title is director of offensive development, which props to your PR team. That's some of the best name I've ever heard. Yeah. So yeah. give us a sense of, of what that means on a day-to-day basis working with these hitters. Uh, man, it's, it's really like individualized for the guys. Um, there's some guys that need some things. There's other guys that need other things. Um, but I think, one, it's, it's being able to build a relationship with the guys and, and understand where they're coming from and what they feel like they need and being able to convey like what they actually need. Um, so it's, so like we kind of look at the technology uh, quite a bit and, and kind of make sure we, we have them heading in the right direction. And then it's, um, and then it's talking with them and, and learning each guy and how they operate, how they, um, understand and, and how they learn and, and being able to teach them in that way. So uh, it, it's, it's really fun. Uh, it's, it's not the easiest sometimes because I mean, we got guys from all over the world. We got some people that speak French, speak Spanish, speak English. Um, so it's definitely uh, a challenge, but, uh, but it's always good to see like when you see these guys that are, um, when it starts to click for them and they really start to understand kind of what's going on and, and what they need to do and where they need to be, uh, that's when it's that's when it's the most fun is when those guys kind of take off. And, and it's all their own work, man. These guys put in the work. They're the ones doing all the work and and, um, and that kind of deal. So, but it's, it's just good to see those guys that you – when you see them working hard day in and day out and they finally start to click and it continues to get better and better and better – and then those guys take off. It's uh, it's a great, great feeling. A lot of folks don't see it before the game because they can't get there early enough. But one of your key roles in the, in the pre-process of the game is setting up these hitters and bunting drills and mm-hmm. situational hitting. So 
when, when you're sitting there with the big cage and you're firing balls in there, what are some techniques that you're working on to, to, to work on small ball, which is so important to the staff? Uh, the biggest thing I think for us during, during those times is uh, just getting the, 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 the technique and the feel down for it. Uh, that we'll start off typically with what we call half bat. So the bat is like half of the barrel is actually cut off. Um, and you have to use a bat with only half of a barrel and get the bunt down off the mini hack, which kind of teaches them to stay above the ball so they can um, get it down on the ground um, to, to really focus on not, not popping the, the bun up and, and staying on top of it. Um, and, then, and then we have a couple cues that we use for the guys. Um, we really focus on our footwork within the bunt and the timing with the bunt. Um, but we'll tell them that they have to get to the front of the box. Um, they got to get close to the plate and they got to see it down. Um, so uh, it's mainly just kind of working on the technique and the rhythm of, of that. That We also have some, some tape bats, what we call tape bats. Uh, that we use, we put uh, we've taped the the very end of the barrel, which kind of helps uh, these guys. We tell them we use the cue find the tape, which helps them kill it, so they're not um, absolutely crushing the bunt, so it can stay within that thirty foot range. Um, and so it's just kind of getting a feel for that, getting the rhythm of it. Uh, and these guys have done it so many times that it looks like they just roll right through it now. Um, but there's definitely some focus and, and there's still some guys that, that, that struggle with it, that um, we still kind of tweak their, their technique here and there. Um, but on game day, like these guys know what to do. They know what to expect. And, and we just kind of let them roll with it and, and make adjustments as we see fit there in the, the bunting game. So take me through a couple of weekends ago against Liberty. You know, it's a situation where Waldy Arias late in the count, two strikes, and that's always the baseball folklore of bunting with two strikes and being cognizant of that. But what did you think of his performance there putting that squeeze down? I thought it was incredible. Uh, I thought it was a first off great call by, by Coach Hare, uh, having faith in, in a guy like Waldy, uh, who's one of our better bunters on the team. Um, and, and, having the guts to, to call the two strike and, and, and the confidence and, and Waldy himself and, and getting down the bunt uh, with two strikes. Uh, but that, that guy works, works his tail off, especially on his craft. Um, he's one of those guys that can, you know, do it all with the bat. Uh, like he, he can hit and run. He can, uh, he can hit his, his ground ball when there's a runner at third, less than two outs. He can hit his fly ball. He can um, get his, get his bun down when he needs to. Um, he's the team guy. That guy, uh, when we're working on our bunts um, back there, he's super locked in and, and he wants a challenge. Uh, uh, he really focuses on like not, not going through the motions back there. Um, even on our squeezes, like he wants, he wants a challenge. He wants the difficulty um, so he can grow. So I thought it was big time for him, uh, for, for Waldy to, to get that bunt down. And, and um, really, it was really a, a big time play for our team, but it just, it's just a testament to, him as a player and, and kind of how he goes about his business. So, Well, as you know, back in your days in 16 and 17, this Campbell team has always been among the top 10, top 25 in bunts. And I mm-hmm. think your presence and, and Wally's ability is, is, is a huge part of that. So Adam, when you're, when you're sitting in a dugout and each coach has their individual role, what are the things that you're keeping an eye on uh, when Campbell's at the plate? When we're hitting, uh, I'm really locked in on kind of how our, hitters are getting attacked. Um, so 
let's we're trying to figure out if if the pitchers fall into any patterns. Um, we're really I'm keeping a chart on uh, the the pitches by each count, um, and we really I'm really locking on that. Um, luckily, we, we have a, a pretty big staff, and we have shoe that shoe that can uh, sit in the dugout and, and really help these guys like walk through walk through their bats, walk through their approach, and, and keep them lined up and, and um, the ideal approach and, and making sure they're they're going good there. Um, so I'll lock in on just kind of how, how we're getting attacked as a as a offense, and then I'll also keep track of just kind of how we're doing on the base pass. Like if if the pitchers running in tendencies on the base pass, if there's any anything that we can pick up that that can give us you know uh, a competitive advantage over um, the other team, whether that's on the base pass or or um, patterns they might fall into or or, or whatever. Um, that's that's kind of the main thing that I'm locked in on during our um, uh, while we're at the at the plate. Yeah, to your point, I'll take it back to that Dayton third game uh, where we clinched the series, and there was nine stolen bases. A couple of those were double steals. There were some running yeah. hits operating. How do you pick up those trends and then try to implement them into the lineup? Uh, well, at first, you look at you, you you look at synergy. You watch your video, um, and you kind of get an idea of what what kind of tendencies they might fall into just from video. Um, and then you spend all weekend looking, looking at the tendencies and, and really getting the guys to buy in. And, and once they start seeing it and they start seeing that for themselves and start buying into it and they'll, then they'll really start to understand, Hey, like this is, this is what he's doing and they'll trust it. Um, and, and so we had an idea going early, even on Friday, we had an idea of, of kind of what they might be doing as like a, uh, for tendency for most of their pitchers and uh, the guys started seeing it more and more and they started trusting it more and more. And I, as you saw for, for the weekend, I think the stolen bases went up each day. Um, so um, yeah, I, we just, we just really do our homework and, and try and figure out if we can pick anything up and pass that information on to our, to our players. And then they, they take it and, and run with it. They still have to execute. Um, so it's a really good job on, on them trusting it and executing and um, really staying focused throughout the entire weekend. So. No, for sure. And it, it's unique because this lineup that Justin Harris made has had a, a meat potatoes version with mm -hmm. six power hitters and not a lot of speed. And you've seen the vegetarian lineup with the Ariases and the Dennings of the world more running. So it, it, like yourself, more of a scrappy player, more of a run first uh -huh. guy. How do you try to work on managing the, you may have the big Matt Christian who's not going to steal 20 bases in a year, but you're also working with an Arias who may steal 25 or 30 in a season. Right. Uh, it's, it's again, you kind of hit on the head. It's different for each guy. Uh, Matt Christian isn't going to run the bases the same that, that Waldy is. Um, but you just kind of understand each guy and, and get to know them and, and show them what they're capable of. So a guy like Matt Christian doesn't have to be, uh, a guy that's station to station. Uh, he might not steal a bunch of bases, but he could have uh, three or four throughout the year, maybe, uh, and maybe even a couple more. Um, but, but for, for those guys, you, like, you get them really comfortable working on their turns, working on going first to third, finding ways to, to win extra bases, even though it's not necessarily stealing. Um, so, so really focused on not missing dirt balls, really focused on picking up tendencies um, and, and that kind of deal and making sure that they know exactly what it feels like to be perfectly 
on time with their jumps and saying, hey, I can I can actually get this stolen base as opposed to, uh, hey, like, I, I don't know, it's a little gray area where Matt Christian might have a, a jump that would get him thrown out while the areas can have the same jump and be safe by a step or two. Um, it's just the name of the game, but, but them understanding who they are as a player um, is important. And, and I think those guys really uh, have taken ownership in it and, and really focused on finding other ways outside of places to, to be a threat on the base paths, um, whether that's them locking in on agencies to help Waldy steal some bases, or if it's um, if it's them being able to go first or third or making good turns or thinking doubles of uh, I think it's different for each guy. And, and it all goes back down to are they taking ownership and, and who they are as a player and their role as a player. And I think, I, th I think they are, and that's where you get um, – that's where it becomes a little bit easier to coach those guys because Matt Christian knows he ain't going to be stealing a bunch of bases, but he's going to work really hard to be on time when he does have the chance to steal. Um, so no, I that's unique because I, I think at the pro level, you know, someone like Scott Rowland who wasn't a huge base stealer but right. maybe was one of the best at getting first to third in the game and then implementing that with whether you have a Lawson Harrell coming off the bench to pitch run or, or you name it, there's such a unique way of approaching it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And you, you even see it in the, in the big leagues, like our pros will sneak in four or five stolen bases a, a year. And it's just because he gets good jumps. He picks the right time. Uh, but he knows himself as a player. Uh, but he's, he's really locked in on, on ways to help his team, whether it's getting the, the hustle double or, or the first or third or scoring from, from second, really focused on his turns. Um, it's a, it, it's a lot of calculated risks for those guys and and they know them uh, and, and they take them. And I think that's what our guys do a really good job of. They, they know their limits. Uh, they've pushed them enough in practice to know what they can and can't do. So uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's just a kind of a testament to them and, and really having awareness on the base back. Adam, not to make this a running centric podcast, but you got me thinking, I know Justin Hare has always been aggressive with a the mentality there, the third base coach. How does he manage that aggressiveness, but also there's going to be some outs that you're going to get trying to push the bases a little bit too? I think it's, I think it's a, a give and take. Um, and he, he knows that. And he knows that, that if you're going to be super aggressive, that you have to promote and breed confidence within your base runners. Um, because if they get thrown out and, and, and it's kind of like, uh, hesitant, then and those guys are now going to pull the reins back and they're not going to be as aggressive. Um, so he talks to them uh, and, and our guys know uh, the situations. Uh, they know when to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive. These guys, are, and we talk to them, Coach here talks to them at practice, hey, like in situations like this, we're, we're going to be like ultra aggressive where we don't care, like almost no baseball rules apply. You just go play with your hair on fire. Like it's backyard baseball and and you're trying to find a way to, to get to the next base. Um, and then there's times where it's like, hey, like, this is a situation where we got to bring it back down a little bit. Like, we still want you to be aggressive, but more of like a selectively aggressive. And then there's times where uh, we're like, hey, uh, we're, we're not going to be aggressive at all. You better be sure, um, hey, going first to third, getting a dirt ball, um, scoring scoring on a, on a tag play. Um, but it's it, – it all depends on the situation in the game and kind of, kind of that thing. And, and coach here does a really good job of explaining to the, to the guys, like what each situation looks like when, 
when to be aggressive. And, and it's different for even different guys. Again, Waldy Arias might might have a chance to be more aggressive than than Matt Christian simply because he runs a little bit better. Um, but both of those guys know um, when to when to be aggressive and, and when not to be aggressive and and maybe when they need to be like really selective on their aggressiveness. Um, but it's something that, that Coach Hare, I think, hammers home in practice uh, and talks to the guys a decent amount about is is knowing the situation and, and um, making sure that they understand what the game is kind of dictating. Adam, since you played a lot of games, 105 games on defense, I do want to touch on this a little bit because yeah. we've seen Colin Wolf the last two weekends shift between short and third. And he did that a lot last year, but what has impressed you about his ability to make some of those barehanded plays, those down the line plays and really control that third base position? Man, I think it's sure athlete, sheer athleticism. Uh, like there's a, there's an athlete. Um, and the second thing is he knows the game. Like his internal clock, I think is extremely, extremely good. Um, he knows how much time he's got. He knows, um, what the play is going to dictate, whether he has to barehand it or if he's going to have enough time to set his feet and make a throw. Um, but it's, it's just the work that that guy's put in. Um, he, he really understands the game. He's one of those uh, players that that's super smart um, and, and and really has a feel for kind of the dynamic of the game and, and that kind of deal. Um, but he's put the work in, man. He, he's he's practiced every single play that, that you've seen. He's practiced it a thousand times probably. Um, and it's just good to see that that guy's, um, kind of getting acknowledged for, for the work that he's put in. It's, it's, it's paying off. Um, I think as we speak, he's taking ground balls right now. So, uh, I, I Nine, yeah, nine forty-five on a Wednesday morning, right after yeah. a game that, that tells you the story right. right there. Right. Today's our off day and everything. And, and, but I think that just goes to show you that, uh, it's not, it's not one of those things where he just gets lucky, man. It's, it's calculated. It's practiced. It's, uh, something that, that he takes pride in and, uh, it's impressive. It's, it's one of the more impressive things I've seen on the baseball field consistently and it's day in and day out. Um, so I think it's just a testament to how hard that guy works. Adam, one thing fans may notice this year is the heavy implementation of the wristband system for the mm -hmm. defense as well, not just pitchers and catchers. How valuable has that been, just the receipt, the response you've gotten from the shortstops and the second basemen, and you name it, of being on the same page with what the pitchers are trying to do? I think it's, I think it's incredible for, for our guys. Um, I, I kind of wish that we would have done it uh, when I was here, but um, I, now they have a 20-second a um, timer between pitches, um, so it just helps speed up, speed up the game a little bit. Uh, but another thing that it did, uh, that it does is it keeps all of our infielders on the same page, our pitcher, our catcher, everybody's on the same page. There is, there are no question marks as to what's going on. Um, and that's, that's huge for our guys. So I think, I think the, the wristbands have been extremely beneficial. We, we talk about um, a couple of times, Hey, like you think we should add this onto the wristband or you think we should, uh, make sure that we got one of these uh, on there. So, so our guys just kind of just kind of eliminate any confusion there might be just to help our, our guys out. But I think it's been really good for for those guys to be on the same page, know what's going on. And it's it's been like a, a seamless transition on, on defense for for those guys to just take a peek in, 
know what's going on and knowing where to be. So it's just kind of one of those things that we're just trying to make their jobs a little bit easier. Since you were a, a prolific second baseman at Campbell, I, I do want to ask you about this because we saw Bryce Arnold get a debut this past weekend uh -huh. and it was an up and down outing at second base, right? And as the baseball gods have it, he gets hit four balls in a row, essentially, right uh -huh. to start off his career. What are you talking to him about to keep his, his demeanor comfortable, to keep him not from being overwhelmed after making a few mistakes and, and try to settle into that series? Yeah, baseball's incredible, right? Like you you had to know that he was gonna he was gonna get the ball. Uh it's it's a crazy game how how it works. Um, but I actually pulled him off to the side, man, and and I kind of just talked to him uh, um kind of my first college game. Uh and mine wasn't even at, at shortstop, but uh like telling him how 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 crazy anxious I was and and how nervous I was and, and how the game sped up on me. Um, and just kind of, kind of just providing him with some confidence because he's going to be a good player for us. Uh, and, and I think he's going to be a big part of this team, even, even as a freshman. Um, so it's just kind of allowing him to slow it down, kind of hear his thoughts and, and work through some of those things that, um, he, he maybe didn't do, do so well. And, and, and it's going to happen. It happens to the best of us, you know, uh, like I, I've made every single one of the mistakes that he's made and, and I've probably done it way more than he's ever going to make it. So, uh, but if we can just learn from it and, and, and grow from it, that's, that's when we're, we're okay with the mistakes, but when the mistakes just keep happening and nothing is changing, that's when it starts to become an issue. So it's just kind of slowing him down, allowing him to breathe. Kids are freshmen. I don't know if that kid's ever even seen a college baseball game before, like in person. Um, and he he's coming off a of quarantine like it was a tough situation and and yeah, I just kind of told him that hey man our our expectations for you aren't aren't that you're going to be perfect we just ask that you compete and, and work really hard and and work to grow and learn and get better and continue to get better day in and day out um, now does that mean you're going to be perfect no but does that mean you're gonna you're you're gonna make an error every play no um, it's just kind of allowing him to slow down as as one of those young guys. Uh, 18, 19 year old kid getting his first shot at playing baseball on TV, maybe. Um, so it was just kind of allowing him to breathe and, and slowing the game down. And cause he knows what to do. Um, it, it's just a matter of it being a, a, a high pressure situation for him. Uh, something that he feels is super, super, pressure field. So, um, no, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's the one thing we noticed right away, just do with the broadcast is that that second, third inning, he seemed to settle down, got another ball or two. And, and as you know, it, it is funny how you make that one mistake and boom, next step back, yeah. the ball goes right to you. And it really does test you a little bit out there. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I try and tell these guys is, Hey, like there's nothing that you can do about the past. Like whether you made an error, or you hit a home run, it doesn't matter. There's nothing you can do about it now. But what you can do is be ready because you're about to get another shot and and to be able to, to clear that and find a way to refocus on this shot, whether that's in the field or at the plate or whatever it is. Um, it's just kind of one of those one of those games where you have to have a, a quick uh, a quick memory. You can't you can't hold on to stuff because if you do, you're going to get exposed again. And it's just going to it's just going to be a. Um, an avalanche. It's just going to be a snowball effect. Just freaking roll down on you. And trust me, I've had my fair share of those days. And uh, so I'm speaking from experience here, but uh, 
But yeah, just have getting these guys to, to be able to completely flush it, learn from it, grow from it, and find a way to refocus in for the next. So Adam, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about facial hair because when you were playing here, Justin Hare was a lot more stringent on on no facial hair, kind of the New York Yankees approach. Yeah. Uh, as we all can see, he's been a little more loose on that policy the last few years and invited, as you can see, with the handlebar and the goatee and, and all that yeah. good stuff. So what are your thoughts on, on the new policy and, and these guys' ability to really show some personality with their facial hair? I love it. Um, I think it's I think it's good for the guys. Um, I think uh, they kind of they set the standard for us uh, there on the first night of, of the fall. The players got to. Um, and, and one of their deals was the facial hair. Hey, like. You can have facial hair um, as long as it's um, – we don't want freaking guys having facial hair that's, that doesn't look professional when we're going on the road or, or we're going to be on TV. Um, and if you've noticed, uh, it's March, and that's must-ass March now. So these guys took full advantage of that. Um, these guys well, – there's some pretty interesting facial uh, facial hair uh, – I don't even know designs, I guess, if you will, out there for, for some of those guys. But I think it's fun, man. I think the guys, I think the guys are enjoying it. Um, it's, it's good for them, man. I think it's going to bring them a little bit closer. They're allowed to have some fun with it. And uh, I think they're awesome. Uh, they, they keep asking me if they, if I'm going to, if I'm going to hop in there and. Oh yeah. Go full, full yeah, uh, handlebar. Yeah. yeah. I told them uh, I wasn't too sure it, if, uh, if I'd get arrested or not, if I went with a, a mustache. <laughs> so, uh, so we're not doing that. Um, but yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's really good for these players. It, it uh, gives them some individuality uh, within kind of how they, how they do things and they can be themselves a little bit more. So. Well, Adam, we're, we're glad the door opened from the raging Cajun back home to Bowie's Creek and, and really appreciate the time today.